Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester's CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. Along with my co-host, analyst Diana Lawfer, my name is Sam Stern. You will hear both of our voices each week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CXCast. This is Sam Stern, your co-host, joined, as always, by Deanna Laufer. Hi. And we have, uh, I guess, our favorite guest probably back. He's always here. <laughs> Tony Every guest is our Costa. favorite guest. Every guest is our favorite. That's right. This week, our favorite guest is Tony Costa. <laughs> Hello, Tony. Welcome back. Hello. And we are talking with you today about your report called Journey Maps and Process Maps and Service Blueprints. Oh, my. And listeners, if you're wondering why that sounds familiar, it's lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my, from The Wizard of Oz. And Tony, I like this report title. So tell us, why did you have to write this report? Why is there all this angst as if the characters of The Wizard of Oz are going through the forest, linking arms, worried about all the creatures out there? What are all these creatures in customer experience land that you were trying to delineate between? A lot of companies are adopting customer journey mapping. And one of the things we're finding is that there's a lot of confusion between what's a journey map mm. and what are some of the other mapping tools that they've seen in their organizations. So they may have process maps or they may have seen service blueprints. Or if you're an agile shop, you may know about epics and user stories and just other types of mapping tools that are out there. And oftentimes people are confusing the two. Yeah. And sometimes it may be that they don't understand the value of journey mapping vis-a-vis these other tools. Mm -hmm. Or in other cases, it may be that they're trying to use some of these other tools like process mapping in lieu of journey mapping for CX initiatives and are finding that these things just don't particularly get them the information they want or they're not looking at the the experience in the way that they need to for a customer experience initiative. And so this idea of just, you know, confusion of what is a journey map vis-a-vis these other ones and sort of misappropriating certain mapping tools for CX initiatives that just don't work particularly well as a way of sort of saying, hey, you need should be using a journey map. And this is why it's different from that other tool that you're using and why you should be using journey map instead of that. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've talked to someone and they say, oh, yeah, we do journey mapping. And then I go in and do a workshop and they say, you know what? We weren't doing journey mapping. We were doing <laughs> customer life cycles. Yes. This is totally different. Yep. So maybe we could just start off digging through this confusion by just defining. So what is journey map? Okay, so journey map, according to Forrester, this is sort of our definition because there is some variation out there in the world. There's sort of three core elements. One is a focus on a specific customer. Like we do customer journey mapping. It's, it's for a specific individual, a customer, a persona, some group of customers who have similar sets of needs or behaviors or attitudes that are going through a journey. The second aspect is that it's a customer journey map really captures a goal-oriented scenario or a set of outcomes that the customer is trying to achieve, right? Mm. They're engaging the brand for a specific reason. I want to return a product or buy a product or purchase a service. They're doing something. There's an outcome that they're trying to get to. And third, um, journey maps have to have some basic information. And that information is what are the steps the customer took along the way to achieving that goal or outcome? What are the touch points they came in contact with? And then what are their thoughts, emotions, feelings, questions they had at each of those steps along the Mm. way? And those are kind of the three core elements or the three core pieces of information that all journey maps have. Now, on top of that, CX pros add all kinds of other information. Right. They may add, you know, how long did these steps take? Where did they take other bits of information? What happened in the background or what did the employees do as part of that? That's all kind of additional stuff you can overlay on a journey map, but you kind of need those three elements, the steps, the touch points and the emotions, the thoughts that the customer goes through on their journey. Okay. So you're saying if you don't have those three pieces, 
not a journey map. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's not a journey map, it could be one of six or seven other things that yes. you mentioned in the report. Maybe you could pick a couple mm-hmm. of those and talk about how some of those things differ from a journey map and, and maybe when you might use that mm-hmm. vis-a-vis a journey map. Yep. Um, so maybe we start with one called an experience map, which okay. is when I go into Google and I Google search for journey maps, a lot of actually what I see are actually experience maps. Hmm. And there's kind of a subtle difference that an experience map can have a lot of the same information that's in a journey map. But with an experience map, you're kind of creating a specialized view of that journey map for a given audience. So, you know, as a CX professional, you may have this journey map of an experience with lots of rich detail in it, but that map isn't really appropriate to show to executives. Mm -hmm. They're going to get overwhelmed and the information is simply too much for them. And so what CX pros will do is kind of say, let's create a one-pager view of this. We'll take out some of the steps. Maybe we'll characterize it, you know, the steps down to a few blocks that are understandable. We'll identify some mm. of the key pain points or problems that happened along the way, but not all of them. Maybe isolate a few of the emotions or verbatims that provide some context and identify, you know, what are the opportunities here to improve? It's kind of a simplified version of a journey map right. that may take out a lot of the detail that's included in journey map. So it's sort of and, a stylized version of a journey map, you know, asterisks on the side saying journey not drawn to scale or something, right? Or, sort of, yeah. It's kind of a whittled down version, a subset of it a lot of times. Yeah. Or it may highlight um, specific elements of a journey. So say you want to focus on, you know, the process that multiple customers take. So if you think about, you map the journey several times for different customers and you want to sort of represent what are all those potential paths those customers do, you may create kind of an aggregated view hmm. that almost looks a bit more like a flow chart. Whereas, you know, hmm. all the journeys kind of start out the same, but then they branch off with some customers go do the online thing and some yeah. people go into the mm-hmm. store and you can kind of show that narrative and you just isolate the flow of how customers move through that experience. Okay. Right. And that's kind of a specialized version of a journey map. And we tend yeah. to call those experience maps because it's more general description of some aspect of that experience for an intended audience of what you're trying to get across. All right. What's another one you'd want to highlight here? Maybe just because I think most companies have these process maps, Mm. which are very prevalent, um, especially if you have sort of lean or Six Sigma teams, right? All those guys do journey maps. So a process map is really a map of the work employees do within the bounds of a process. Mm -hmm. So you have this process of processing a form or an application. Invoicing. Yep. And you're going to have a set of employees or groups within your company, and they're going to do work. And that work is going to flow from one group to another to accomplish that process. This is very much sort of an inside-out look at a process. So it's what the company does to execute a process. Sometimes experiences align to a process in the sense that, you know, right, if I'm a customer and I'm returning a product, there's sort of a returns process that the company has. Mm -hmm. So they may align, but they're not the same thing. The customer is going to go through a lot of things that don't involve the employee process that the company has or the employee or the customer may be doing things that don't sort of conform to what the process should be. Mm-hmm. So I had one bank client I was working with, and they had mapped out a certain part of the journey, and they got to a point where there were a lot of problems starting to happen, and the employees were saying, hey, this should never have happened because this person back here should have told the employee this bit of information that would have prevented all this from happening in the first place. Well, yes, the, that's how you design the process to be, but that's not exactly how the process plays out. Mm-hmm. And so the journey map sort of captures that real-world performance of what exactly the customer did, and that's different from what the company intends that process to be or how that process should play out. So process maps might be really good for optimizing a specific process, but it won't tell you whether you sort of need that process in, in the first place. Or whether that process works for customers. Yeah. Or is what customers even want. And maybe you're optimizing a process that 
is suboptimal for the yeah. customer or perhaps doesn't do things in a way the customer wants them to be done. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the Maginot line of, of the customer experience world, yes. right? You're optimizing something that turns out to be irrelevant yep. because situation has mm-hmm. changed yep. or you can't, or you're, you get too rigid around your process and you can't adapt to the situations as they move on the fly. Yes. Well, one of the things you can use a process map for, if you think about a process map kind of liberally in the sense of just mapping what the employees are going through, not necessarily this is our process of how things have to be done, but as a way of documenting what employees do. Yeah. You could think of a customer experience ecosystem, which is all that stuff that happens behind the scenes to enable that experience to happen for the customer, mm-hmm. and use process mapping as a way to document that. Right, You have different employees, different groups yeah. that are, even if it's returning something, right, the customer may come up and return the product, then what's the process flow that happens as a result of that customer interaction? What employees are involved? What processes are involved? How does that flow through the system? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but here I go. Um, that, to me, sounds like a way that customer journey mapping as a discipline would cause a company to modify the way it does process mapping to say we need to reflect what employees actually do and how they have to read and react to situations rather than a rigid process they must follow. Is that a fair characterization of what you were just describing? Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, to go even a little bit further, I've seen companies where they've taken journey maps and went to their lean teams or their Six Sigma teams who are doing process mapping and they've integrated journey mapping as a way of saying, hey, let's bring some more customer centricity to this process mm-hmm. because you're kind of designing this process in a bubble of what works best right. for us as a company, what's most efficient or cost effective. That doesn't necessarily align with what the customer needs or wants. And yeah. so the, the journey map can actually bring some customer centricity to those processes that you have going on. So it's not a competing thing. It doesn't have to be competing. Yeah. yeah. We think we've all been in customer journey mapping workshops with our clients where there are process mappers, mm-hmm. experts in the room, who, in my experience, often start the day <laughs> skeptical, to put it nicely, um, end the day understanding that this is not usurping what they do. This is not more intricate than what they do. In fact, it's less intricate in most mm-hmm. cases. But it does give them that customer lens, that customer-centric perspective, that realism about the need to adapt and be less rigid around a process that probably they've been hoping the organization would do for a long time. Yeah. They're usually very open to more information, right? They want to get it right. And they just haven't been looking at it from that lens. There's many more, as as Deanna said, there's six or seven (laughs) in here. I mean, how would you recommend a reader, a client of ours, a listener to this podcast use this report? Well, a couple of ways. One is that if you have some of these tools in your organization, you're trying to sell journey map, you should really just recognize that, hey, we're doing X, Y, and Z. We're doing these different sort of mapping techniques in our organization. Here's why those are valuable. Here's how journey maps are different mm. as a way to sort of just ease the transition of, you know, get ahead of people sort of saying, well, this looks just like those process maps that group over there created. Why do I need to do this? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So you can use that from that standpoint. Also, just internally, you know, become more comfortable with how you think about what journey map is vis-a-vis these other solutions. Because sometimes you may be saying, you know, am I creating an experience map or a journey map or this looks an awful lot like the service blueprint. So from a practitioner standpoint, you can just use the report to help get more comfortable and familiar with what these other mapping tools are and some of the strengths and weaknesses of each and how you may use each of them in your CX practice. Good. Well, thank you, Tony, for coming back and talking us through part of your report. Listeners, as we highlighted, there's several more tools and techniques that Tony writes about in this report. And Tony, I like the structure of the report where you you sort of really define what it is and then how 
they differ, how that technique yeah. or tool differs from a, from a journey map. And you do that for each one. So you really mm-hmm. sort of break it down. There's some great graphics and charts and tables in here as well, listeners. So please do check out Tony's report, Journey Maps and Process Maps and Service Blueprints, oh my. Journey Maps and Process Maps and Service Blueprints, oh my. I won't say it anymore. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of CXCast. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's CXCast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in the show notes for this podcast. And if you have questions or suggestions, please contact me at s-s-t-e-r-n at forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality.